Hello and welcome to Who's Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And today we're looking at Beast, which we had to see in 4DX, which we've seen a couple of films in before you are not a fan of. It's, I hate it. And, and the reason we had to see it in that is it's a, it's the only thing that Cineworld was offering and we couldn't understand why. I asked a member of staff there, she didn't know why. Yeah. Um, but we had to see it in 4DX, which you were willing to, it then became the only way to see it conveniently. It's about, it's man versus beast. So Idris Elba... Uh, is American in this film. His two daughters uh, have a South African mum and they go to the place where she comes from. She is no longer in the picture and that forms part of the drama and the kind of disconnect between him and his daughters. Um, they meet an old friend played by Charlotte Copley who is South African. You know mm. him from District 9. Mm. He runs or looks after or he works on a game reserve. Mm. And so they go on a little private safari. Lovely. And of course what happens is things start to go wrong. There is a very vicious lion around the place um, whose entire pride has been killed by poachers and this lion is out for revenge on humans no matter who they are or what they look like or you know because you can't tell the difference between a friendly human and a poacher mm. and so we endure a night of terror so I hated everything about it so <laughs> I am going to enumerate all my different dislikes because okay. I know you were entertained by it so it'll be a nicer note to end on I absolutely despise the 4K and I. 4DX. The 4DX. And I want to, um, you know, just a word to Cineworld, really. You have to offer another option because, you know, for me, it, it made me ill. All this, you know, the rumbling of the seat, the wind under your, you know, your, on your ears, the, the shocks to your system. And actually, I despise it conceptually because I think, you know, it's almost like you don't believe in the film. Yeah, kind of, you know, the film is meant to thrill and, you know, uh, uh, it's meant to kind of incite all those, you know, visceral and, and emotive responses in you. And, you know, these things, they either get in the way of that or they really just shock your system. I mean, and it was really terrible. I had a coffee, you know, that every time the seat began to shake, I had to lift the coffee out of you know, the cup place, because it was spilling all over the place. I mean, They do, in fairness, say, if you're seeing 4DX, you shouldn't be taking coffees in there. Do they? Yeah, they do. They are fairly... Because, well, I think that's more about if you, you know, it can spill, you could burn yourself. We're putting that warning on so that you're not, you know, having to go at us for when you get hurt. Well, anyway, even if I hadn't brought my cup in, I would hate it, Mm. really. So, first, that. Then, you know, the, the kind of the concept itself, for me, is so badly worked through. You know, because I think at one point you were saying, I mean, you know, is this like a mutant lion? Does it have some knowledge well, it was or a, it understanding was or power? No, but actually there, I thought there was something... Yeah? It's because of the point, this is a minor spoiler, but we're talking about the film. It's the point where they tranquilize it and then it, the tranquilizer does nothing. So you're like superhuman lion or super well, lion lion. Exactly. Yeah. Or when when the, the Copley character says, I'm the bait. Yeah, it's mm. almost like... You know, this yes. lion has a, a kind of understanding or, you know, that is beyond other lions, right? So I think all of that is kind of badly worked through because it turns out he's just a lion, right? Who's kind of, you know, getting revenge on those who killed his pride, right? So I hated that. Well, to be fair, revenge is also you know, quite an advanced concept for an animal. But the point is the, the film doesn't go in, doesn't end up answering any of the questions. It's just this is some special lion. That's right. Yeah. You know, uh, I hated the conceptualization of the relationship between Idris Elba and his daughters, 
right? I thought they were the most irritating kids in movies this year. It's almost <laughs> like the father says, you know, don't leave the car. You know, what happens? The girl leaves the car. What happens when the girl call- leaves the car? The lion comes. It's like yeah. every predictable cliche, right? I mean, I thought that that was just terrible. I hated the cinematography. You know, th- this this is one of those instances where you think people are not paying enough attention to how black skin photographs. Like, you know, there were some of those scenes with uh, the Idris Elba character in the dark, where his whole face just kind of faded into the darkness. You know, and that shouldn't be like that. I and mean, that is a real, just, you know, basic problem with either the cinematography itself or the way that it's been developed for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would never happen, you know, to, to a white uh, uh, film star. So I had, you know, a real problem with that. I had a real problem with Idris Elba. I mean, I think, you know, he's someone that when he's good, you know, he doesn't add much to the picture, you know? Yeah, so th- we're, just, we're talking about just before the film starts, and I said yeah. he's like a carpet, where if a carpet's fitted badly, you go, oh, that doesn't fit. But if it is fitted well, you, you, go, you, you go, like, no one goes, what a lovely carpet you've got. Yeah. It's just a carpet. So, you know, I mean, I know that he's a fetish actor for some, that people find him incredibly handsome or whatever, but I just think he brings nothing to the movie. I mean, you know, kind of, you could imagine, like, uh, 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 you know, what What Denzel would have brought to this, or even, who's, who was the villain in Black Panther, the, who was Creed? Oh, um, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, you know, it would be a whole completely different movie altogether. Mm. I mean, Idris Elba just doesn't pay off as a film star. You know, I, I like him very much on TV, but kind of, you know, you really see all the blankness around him on the big screen. Mm. Uh, uh, so, um, anyway, I think that's enough. I really kind of <laughs> didn't like it. So what did you find so entertaining about my, it? My turn. Yes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with, you know, a fair amount of what you're saying. I'll disagree with bits and pieces. Um, there's elements of the cinematography I liked. Uh, the cinematography involved a lot of long take and a kind of roaming camera. Um not always, and there were there was more conventional, you know, just cutting every now and again. But um, a lot of scenes, particularly on, are doing this this long take thing, where no, admittedly, no particular individual image that it kind of settles on during the take is that spectacular. No, or none of them. I noticed that. Um, but it is so. For instance, they go and see this pride of lions that is on the reserve that Charlotte Copley knows. He's raised them from there when they were cubs. This is what we're learning during the take. So they arrive in the vehicle. We meet. Uh, one of the other game wardens there, uh, chat to him for a little bit. Uh, the girl is kind of looking at how the gun's put together. We move on to something else, and then we move on to Charlotte Copley's character walking over to these lions, and then we're going to get this moment where the lion is going to come down from the rock, because there's like eight or nine lions on this thing. The, the one of them is going to come down from the rock, and it's going to look like he's going to attack him, but of course he's going to hug him, and then there's the whole thing, and then another lion comes in, there's more hugging and playing, and then uh, we see a lion that doesn't want him to come near him, and it's starting to hiss and all that. And we see that it's injured, but Charlotte Copley realises I can't get near it. So this all happens in this one take. And what I liked about it was that I thought it, it controlled the evolving tone of the scene nicely. Mm. You know, it starts off all friendly and nice. And then we see this line that doesn't want to come near and the tone changes. And mm. I think it's, it, kind of, it works nicely. And I think generally speaking, when these long takes are used, some in, in excess of a minute or two probably... That does tend to work well. It does tend to... It, it, you do basically go, this didn't need to be done in cuts, right? Mm. This works as a single take. Um, so that's something I like. Okay. Well, I can um, see that, yes. Uh, you, I think you're right about, you know, not seeing characters in the dark when they are dark-skinned, and that's an issue that the film has from time to time. Um, the 
Uh, use of CGI, I thought, was fairly good. I mean, essentially, we're, we're fighting the CGI line all night long. Yeah. And particularly using CGI in, in night scenes and dark scenes helps CGI because you, you essentially you notice mistakes less, right? So when you get into broad daylight, it tends to look worse. Although when you do get into broad daylight and you see the line, I still think it looks very good. Mm. Um, the thing... Yeah, I was entertained the whole way through, but that doesn't make it a good film. Um, so... The relationship between the dad and his daughters. I mean, the thing I would disagree with you about there is that it's it's um, it's a kind of point you would make where if I said, you know, these girls keep getting out of the car, you'd go, well, yeah, but if they don't, there's no film. Like, if everyone acts, like, perfectly safely, there's just no film. No, but these were, like, constantly irritating. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, if that happened once, fair enough, yeah. right? But, I mean, they were very badly written, these characters. Like, so they were angry at the father because of what they perceived to be his treatment of the mother as she died, Right. And they're not giving him any slack. Fair enough, you know. And of course, the whole film is about healing that. But really, you have to kind of, you know, be bitten by a lion in order to solve an emotional right, problem. Well, yeah, so <laughs> right, like, the, the conflict between the dad and the daughters is, you know, he wasn't there for the last year of the mother's life. When, when she had cancer, she knew she was dying. They knew she was dying. And he says, you know, we'd separated already. And so there's clearly, look, there seems to be kind of reasonable points on both sides sort of thing. But this is a rift between the two, particularly between the dad and his older daughter, mm. that needs to be healed. Um, and you go, that's fine, but it is setting that kind of stuff up extremely mechanically. You see all the pieces being put into place early on for how they're going to kind of pay off later mm. on. And in fact, they, they almost didn't pay off in, in the ways that were kind of as predictable as I thought they'd be. Like, I thought it would be much more kind of down the line as to like the dad learns to look after his daughters better or learns to... And actually, it doesn't really address any of that. All that happens is through the night, he... he, he gets away with keeping his daughters safe. Well, yeah, yes, but he sacrifices his life for Yeah, well, he, yeah, exactly, he intends to. Um, but, it, but, actually, but the thing about, you know, a, a, any kind of drama between him and his daughter about the mum is completely unresolved. This last well, mm, they go at the end, they go to the tree that the mum had photographed. Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, so, so it's, not, it's not doing that, basically. I mean... Um, I, I just I think it's a disaster. I thought it was one of the worst films I've seen all year. It's extremely short. It's how long there's uh, some uh, angry people outside. Um it's extremely short, ninety three minutes, which is like it's the right length for this kind of film mm-hmm. because it is in and out and you it's just a night of terror with a lion then the next morning. Yeah. Now we're gonna survive it. Um the you know, and, and the pace, I think, is good. I mean, essentially, you, you have to ask yourself, like, what am I asking to get out of this film, right? You know, it's, this isn't going to be the film that kind of answers all my questions about the depths of humanity. It's going to be, it, can this keep me going for an hour and a half of, you know, basically the luckiest man in the world fighting the smartest, most vicious lion in the world? And it, and it worked for me. Okay, I, well, I, you know, you... you unironically, like I was the, enjoying what it. What Chris Rock says, you low-expectation motherfucker. I did have low-expectation. <laughs> that, that is a huge part of it. I went into this. I didn't know anything about it, or very little. The only thing I knew was that Idris Elba's real-life daughter had uh, auditioned for the part of one of the daughters in this and didn't get it because the chemistry wasn't right and then didn't speak to him for three weeks. I'd heard that. So no. I thought, right, there's a dad-daughter relationship going on here. Didn't know anything else. I had, and I had low expectations because of Idris Elba, largely. I, I came out having gone... You know what? It we've kept seen, me completely diverted. We've seen so many films with him. And, you know... And they're all so bad. And he's so... Like, it's not that he's bad, but he's just so... Bland. He lacks it. Whatever it is that movie stars have that keep you wanting to look and that express something, he lacks it, mm. really, you know. 
at least at least on a big screen. Um, so he's he's just like a, a dead weight around the whole center of the film. Um, but I also thought that the film was it, it it didn't look very good, you know, like kind of you said you you like the long shots and whatever, but actually, kind of there wasn't anything kind of worth looking at, you know, in the shot itself. I said that too. I know. <laughs> okay. I'm just underlining. Oh right, okay. <laughs> you know. So um, and then I also thought that the way it scared you, or the way that it created suspense and so on, was very unimaginative. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know. So and and actually, that is what you require of a film like this. You know that at least it have you know some scares or some surprises or you know kind of that bit with the snake where he threw the snake and then you know the lion jumped. That got a laugh, right? I mean, and I thought that was maybe the only bit of imagination there was the lion's response to that. Mm. Yeah. I think there should have been a I, lot I th- more of that kind of thing. I would have liked it to have been more imaginative, but that doesn't mean that what that using unimaginative ways of generating tensions and kind of developing those scenes isn't effective. And I thought it was reasonably effective, but predictable. Um, so uh, it, it hangs a lampshade on kind of Jurassic Park right at the start of the film. The daughter's wearing a Jurassic Park shirt. And so it's it's completely sort of pointing out five minutes into the film, this is going to be about, you know, we're, we're on safari with dinosaurs, right, in Jurassic Park. And here we're on safari with that with a lion that's going to be giving us grief and so on. And then uh, as the film kind of develops, you get points where it it feels... It feels like it's excusing its own references to Jurassic Park by doing that. So, you know, when the car's on the cliff and it's hanging off, and that's quite Jurassic Park. Um, and when uh, the dad is in the lake and he's hiding under the um, sort, of, sort of broken tree branch, and the lion's on top of him, which is the raptor scene from you know the kitchen in Jurassic Park, right? So it's kind of it. Not only is it unimaginative but it is giving itself an excuse to be unimaginative by going hey we've put Jurassic Park in this we know the reference that we're making we, let you me know. tell you I mean I didn't think much of, I don't think much of Jurassic Park but actually comparing this to Jurassic Park Jurassic Park comes across as a, a brilliant work of astonishing genius right? yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. and I think that goes more to point to the faults of this film then you know to yeah the quite success I mean, it, makes, it, it makes you think about how how great that scene in the kitchen was mm. it makes you think about how great all those moments were how great it was when the car's hanging off the cliff which you know that's not really a scene here it's just kind of where the car ends up but you don't make much of it whereas in Jurassic Park it was it was a whole thing about the car falling down the cliff well I mean imagine um, what someone like Spielberg would have done when they are sheltering in that hut mm. and the lion comes in I mean you know yeah like, absolutely so all of in those, the in the school yeah 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 uh, not in the school, in the poacher's lodge at the end. It's not a school. It's a poacher's lodge. Yeah, they, they have. They went to the place with the school. They knew that that's where that was, and then when the, when he leaves the girls alone. Yeah, I thought that was a poacher's lodge. It has it has skeletons of of lions oh, all over. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They made mention of it being where the school was because that's where the the original pride was who saved the day. But he didn't look like a school, admittedly. No. It did. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but you're right. Like, yeah. So he, he leaves the girls alone there. The one girl is injured and trying to recover, and of course they leave all the doors open like I a know. load of fucking dipshits, and the line comes in. I thought it was interesting, actually, or it could have been interesting, the idea of um, these black Americans being the ones who are out of place in Africa. Right. Well, that could that would have been interesting. You know, also, to have given the girls more agency and imagination. In defending themselves, in yes. you know, outwitting the lion, like 
you know, it had a potential there to do all kinds of interesting things that this film is just too unimaginative to conceive of. Yeah, the, the one bit of agency and imagination the girls get at all, I think, is when um, the younger daughter stabs the lion yes. with the dart because they're trying to shoot it and they can't get the gun and the dad's under the car and she's like, I'm going to just go for this. And, yes. you know, which is a lovely moment. I liked mm. it. And you go, yes, the girl is... She's fine. Yeah, she's stopped whining. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so like the, it, the fact that I liked it does not make it a good film. I had a good time and I think it is reasonably entertaining. Um, I can't disagree with any criticism of it. It's not a good film. It's unimaginative. It's not that nice to look at. Um, the performances aren't amazing. I don't think they're terrible, but they're not amazing. And Idris Elba, as you say, is not a star, and we keep reiterating this every time we see him. Yeah. He's not. He just doesn't look right on. No, he looks right on the cinema screen. He's, he's handsome and he looks right, but he he's he doesn't have the presence that he needs. No. Um, in fact, the thing, the only thing I think we liked him in was the Suicide Squad, the remake. Mm. Um, but that again was not a very good film. No. Yeah, but, like he, he was kind of all right in it. But yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So uh, I hated it. So, so <laughs> and I think it's one of the worst films I've seen this year. Um, I would actually say, actually, can I say one thing about the 4DX because I haven't? Yeah. Um, is is I didn't mind it, right? So there are elements of... I mean, generally speaking, I'm more tolerant of it anyway than you are. Yes. Um, but 4DX is built out of many different elements that are meant to kind of bring the film into the cinema. Um, the main one is that the seats move, tilt, go back and forward. Um, there's also uh, strobe lighting is available, which you hear once or twice when guns go off they, mm. you know, to, to imitate muscle flash. Um the, the seat itself can kind of rumble, it can stab you in the back, which again is used once or twice. It rumbles when the car, for instance, is driving uh, across the plains, and you get stabbed in the back when the lion attacks you by surprise. You get kind of blasts of air. So there are bits of it I like and bits of it I don't. I don't like blasts of air. I don't like anything that makes a smell, because the smell is supposed to like, imitate grass or something, and it's all just fucking nasty. Mm. Um, I do like how the seats move, and I, I do, and I do like the rumbling. See, the thing is... Before the film began, what we saw were a couple of trailers which used the 4DX. And because the trailer is two and a half, three minutes long, it just fucking throws everything at you because it's trying to excite the shit out of you. And it is horrible. In the film, it's not all the way through. It intensifies at points, you know, when, when the line is attacking and there's fighting. And it is sometimes completely off. And sometimes when the car is driving, for instance, it's... Um, slow and gentle and the seats are kind of gently moving the wind is on which I don't like the noise it makes because the fans are loud but I didn't mind the wind I mean well also it's because it's better than the fucking air conditioning in the cinemas in other words it's not just this onslaught but I can also see why you, you know you just don't like it right yeah well at the beginning I felt it was an onslaught and I thought if I had eaten just before this film I would have chucked it all up at that moment because you know my stomach was going in one way my head was going in another. I just hated that I hate being yeah. jolted like that yeah well if it had not been available in 4D if it had been available in, in 2D rather regular uh, we obviously would have seen it like yes. that and we wouldn't have also then had to pay a surcharge of £9.40ish yeah um, on top of the unlimited card which is not you know you think I suppose you think if the film is only available in 4DX if that's the only way you're offering it don't charge us yeah yeah but that's True. not going to be that's not going to happen is it no anyway i think we're both agreed that it's not you know the, the top choice of the season um, so thank you very much for listening we're eavesdropping at the movies and we are on Apple Podcasts Audible Google Podcasts Spotify SoundCloud and YouTube on social media we're on Facebook and Twitter 
and the website is eavesdropping at the movies.com. Yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>